0: The following podcast contains coarse language and subject matter you might find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. The world of the paranormal is fascinating. Like many of you, I'm addicted to the scary stuff, drowning in cult classics and campfire stories. It's a culture and an infectious one at that, leaving you wanting to experience something of your own. It can lead you to dive deeper, ghost walks and paranormal investigations. You can expose yourself to parts of this world that are uninvited. They may be looking for you as hard as you're looking for them. For Leanne, that nightmare became a reality. This story could scare the pants off of avid horror fans, so hold on to your hats. This is a creepy one. Welcome to the world beyond the veil, this is Geist.
1: I figured it was worth submitting this story because it took me years before I was able to discuss this with anyone. I always heard that you shouldn't really dive into dark matters because it would give evil purpose. I had no clue what that meant. As a child you're just innocent, you don't really know that when you do these things you could stir things up or invite things in. I felt that I was never going to be able to speak about what was happening to me strictly because people don't necessarily believe in these things, and they think you're lying, they think you're crazy, and sometimes you honestly do feel like you are crazy. Really didn't want to talk about it because I felt like when I did that, I was going to allow whatever was torturing me for so many years to win and gain power and continue to torture me even more was never afraid of ghosts. I thought they were just people that were struggling to pass over. And you heard in the movies, they just had unfinished business. Um, So eventually, they would pass over once they completed whatever they needed to do here.
0: A few months back, I received an email from Leanne. She had written a multi-page document carefully outlining her entire experience. After reading it, I was pretty shocked. I've never personally ever met anyone that's gone through what she's gone through. She's a pretty strong lady, and she hopes that her story can help others out there. Her ghostly experiences started out young when her family moved to an old farmhouse, which really sparked her interest in the paranormal. When I was in grade 6... We
1: moved out to the country, out in Caster Centre, Ontario, and I always felt some sort of presence in that home. As a kid, I had a lot of nightmares. I was really scared of the dark. I had a teddy bear, and I would play a game with him before I went to bed every night just to try to think of something happy, and you'd think it'd be crazy, but I I just had this one game I just loved to play with my bear and make sure that... uh, I did it until I got tired and then would just go to sleep. I remember my room uh, faced our backyard. It was about two acres. And I, at night, could never look out my window because I always felt like there was something there. As a kid, I thought maybe I was going to get a visit from a dog or a cat or a rabbit,
0: just hoping to see anything that you missed. Leanne's childhood perception of the afterlife changed once she witnessed the real thing. During the night I woke up and I walked into the hallway and the things
1: in the hallway were moving from one side of the room to the other. The pictures on the wall, there was a laundry basket and the laundry basket would just slowly go from the left side of the room to the right side of the room. Leanne told her mother. In the morning she said, those things were always in the same spot, nothing moved.
0: So again, you don't really know Leanne let it go, until one morning she came downstairs and noticed that her mother was struggling with something. One time in this house, I could
1: tell in the morning that my mom was bothered by something. She was extremely quiet, and I asked her if she was okay, and she just didn't want to tell me. She said, everything's fine, don't worry about it. Eventually, she decided she was going to let me know, and she told me not to be afraid. She said, every night... When she went to bed, there was a woman standing in her doorway, and she would just cry, and she would cry for hours through the night. My mom would just ignore her and go back to sleep, but when she would wake up, the woman is still there, still crying. She said she didn't seem like she meant any harm. She wouldn't move. She would just stand there and sob uncontrollably every single night. I really wanted to know who this woman was as I was so scared of the dark and the night. I just felt this urge to think, well, maybe I need to know more. I need to seek out who this person is and maybe I'll see a spirit myself. One time I had a few friends stay over and my friend Rusty uh, in the morning looked extremely concerned and he was sitting on the couch and staring at the floor, and I asked him what was wrong, and he said, I don't know how to tell you this, but I woke up during the night, and there was a girl sitting on your couch, a little girl, maybe two or
0: three, and she just kept crying nonstop. Uncomfortable, Leanne retreated to the safety of a friend's house, or so she thought.
1: I was a little uncomfortable to stay at home because now my mom has seen a woman crying and my friend has seen a child crying. Clearly something happened in our home. I went down the road to my friend Matt's house and stayed at his house. Around three in the morning, I woke up. Uh, He was sleeping on his bed and I was on the floor. I kept hearing this scratching sound on his bedroom door there was a little shadow along the bottom of the door going back and forth and there was a hall uh, nightlight so you could see the shadow just going back and forth back and forth there was this growl sound coming from behind the door it went on for over a half an hour and i just didn't want to open his door i didn't know if he had animals or anything that morning i went downstairs all his kitchen cupboard doors were open And I was like, "Oh, that's weird. So I went over and I started closing them. Just as I was finishing closing them, he came downstairs and I said, hey, your cat was trying to get in the room last night. It was scratching the door, pacing back and forth and growling. He looked at me and said, I don't have a cat. I immediately stopped closing the cupboard doors and I went home. Uh, I talked to Matt. I remember talking to him maybe a a month later because I was kind of a little disturbed obviously. So I talked to him and he said that his parents had put an addition on his home because his house was haunted. So the only place that this spirit didn't go in his home was the addition they made which was like a tiny little living room and uh sitting area. But he said that he didn't want to scare me because he knew I already had this crazy experience at home. But he said he had things that were happening in his house all the time too.
0: Leanne recalls that at this point is when her interest started to grow. Definitely at this point, I'm really getting
1: interested into why all these things were happening. Why was it happening? Why was it happening to me? And it was like, I just was like, urging to find this physical being, a physical sign. I would want to see things move or I would want to see an actual person. So I just got a little more invested than I probably should have at this point. I decided to start exploring with my friends when I was in my late teens. Um, I dappled with a Ouija board once. A friend of mine had told me about haunted tours with the Hamilton Paranormal. They did haunted walks in a bunch of different areas around Hamilton. So I was like, well, that sounds interesting. You're getting to learn history. You can hopefully see something. You're allowed to take pictures. I decided to go. Uh, we went to the Hermitage in Hamilton. The screaming ghost tunnels the blue ghost tunnels and the devil's punch bowl all in one night you just kind of drove from one to the other the first one i believe was the blue ghost tunnels before anybody went to the tunnel we started taking pictures they always suggested take pictures because if anybody gets anything they'll take
0: your pictures and post them i took a couple pictures In between stories, Leanne reviewed her photographs, and to her surprise. I saw this man in a
1: red plaid jacket with silver, silver hair, but he faded out at the legs. His legs were almost non-existent in the picture, and he was right up against the wall, just facing the wall. I thought that's pretty cool, but uh, I did not go into the tunnel because I was a little hesitant. The next thing we did was the screaming tunnel. Same thing, before anybody went in, we started snapping pictures. And again, Leanne reviews her photographs. And I started seeing this fog in my pictures, and as I continued taking pictures, this fog was getting thicker and thicker. Right at my last picture, there was a girl in a blue blue or white shirt with long black hair that was hanging over her face, and again she faded out at the legs and It was like she came from this this mist in the pictures and completely gave me chills. Everyone that looked at my cameras was just completely shocked and couldn't believe I even saw that. I got this thrill of excitement that I finally am starting to see spirits, so maybe. This was the beginning to something more for me, and I didn't get
0: scared. I was more intrigued. Leanne's intrigue started to feed her nightmares. After doing and dappling with hauntings
1: and paranormal stuff, my nightmares started turning into night terrors. The dreams were getting extremely dark and so vivid. I can tell you 50 of them now i remember every detail and every gruesome part of them every dream had torture or death in it
0: that's when i started experiencing sleep paralysis sleep paralysis is a state during waking up or falling asleep in which one is conscious but unable to move or speak episodes generally last no more than a couple of minutes but those minutes are terrifying they can happen to anyone even people that don't go to haunted locations.
1: Sleep paralysis is terrifying to begin with. You, and you can open your eyes and think you're awake, but you're still not moving and you're still screaming, but nobody can hear you. So you literally feel trapped
0: and you really don't have any way out. Although Leanne's experiences were creepy, She thought her nightmares and sleep paralysis were just a result of exposure to haunted talks and locations. She was having fun with her friends. They enjoyed scaring themselves and thought there was no real harm in it. And then Leanne visited a location that changed everything. This night, I'll always regret.
1: I let my curiosity go way too far and I opened a door that haunted me for the next 20 years of my life. My friend told me about an old church in Stony Creek uh, that was going to get torn down in the morning and he wanted to go check it out uh, before it was gone so I said, yeah, why not? And I knew exactly what church he was talking about. Uh, We drove by it all the time to go to school or go visit each other They wanted to do their own little ghost walk, they called it. So I said, yeah, of course, let's go. We had uh, one mutual friend. His name was Adam. Adam had psychic abilities and was a medium, but he didn't do it for people. He just had this ability to see and speak to spirits. And he wanted to come and join us that night. So I was super excited because I'm like, This is great. We're definitely going to get something tonight with this guy joining us. We got together at Frank's house um, first. We gathered cameras. Adam had some sort of electronic device to hopefully catch a voice, but I didn't play with that. I just brought my camera. So they head over to the soon-to-be-demolished church. Uh, We went around 1 o'clock and they say, uh, usually you're going to see spiritual activities between 1 and 3 a.m. So that's when we decided to go. I remember standing outside the church and I was looking in all the windows. All the stained glass had been removed from this church and all the pews had been taken out. When you looked in, it was just an empty shell, really. The walls were kind of torn looking. There were some pictures left on the walls, but not much. The floor was crumbling. Basically, it just looked like they were getting it ready for demolition, and it was a very, very old church. Uh, So we spent probably 20 to 40 minutes looking around through different windows, getting pictures from all angles, um, hoping we would see something. Adam, while we were doing this, was out in the back cemetery. You could see the cemetery, but it was pretty dark, so he was a pretty good distance away from us. Fifteen minutes or so later, all of a sudden, like, you couldn't even hear our footsteps anymore. Everything just went dead quiet. There was this pack of coyotes that started howling, and they sounded like they were right beside you. you hear footsteps coming, and they are coming fast. It's Adam, and he is running from the cemetery, telling us that we need to leave, go now, get out, go. I felt this rush of excitement, but super confused at the same time because there was no time to ask questions, we just had to go. So we headed back to Frank's house, and this whole time on the ride back, like, Adam was white as a ghost, dead silent. He was not talking.
0: We're trying to be like, what happened? He's, he just won't talk to us. Leanne started to review her images that she took from the open window of the church. In one of my pictures, I remember the uh, window I was looking
1: in. I saw this silhouette of a face over the door. And it's like that typical horror movie image where you see fingers come around the door and then the head pulls its way through. It was exactly that. This person was just holding the door frame and peeking around, but they were looking directly at me. This face could not have been looking anywhere else but directly into my camera lens.
0: This image invoked more than just fear. I had this (laughs) insane, heavy feeling that I
1: wasn't finished at that church. I don't know. When we saw this picture, I got a rush of like urgency that I have to go back. Like I have to go back to this church. There's something there that I need to see, and it wants me to see it. It's kind of hard to explain the feeling, but I just argued with Frank, and I was like, I have to go back. Something wants me to go back. Adam at this point was like, we aren't welcome there. You can't go like that's not happening.
0: But that warning was ignored. So
1: Frank's like, yeah, I'll go with you. Now it's maybe 3 a.m. or so. I was like anxious, like I was shaking in the car. I was like, yeah, this is going to be amazing. I don't know what it is, but it wasn't a fear. It was an excitement of knowing I'm going to encounter something and I cannot wait to tell this story to people. When we arrived, we went straight to that exact window and we were looking through it and I started shining my flashlight first because I was looking, instead of like going straight to taking pictures, I was like, I just want to look in again and like see if I see something. Right in the center of this church where the ceiling came to a point, there was a broken beam and it was hanging from the ceiling and I was shining my light on it and I just quickly thought like that thing just moved it is a huge beam like it is a massive four by four heavy piece of wood and i'm like how can that move it's just hanging so i told frank to take a look and as soon as he did this beam just shifted it went from the middle pushed over to the left sat completely still on this angle and then came right back dead set middle and stopped Wind could not push this thing, this was moved. Something moved this beam. I looked at Frank, he looked at me and he was like, okay, like we need to get out of here right now. I couldn't have agreed more, we were in the car. I think it was one step from the church to the car. I just leaped, like it's time to go.
0: Whatever was at that church, didn't wanna let go, so easy. We got back to Frank's house. And
1: I unfortunately felt very sick. Excitement went from cool I had an experience to oh shit I just had an experience. I live 20 minutes away from Frank so I was like I need to go home. But on her drive home. I had to pass the church on my way home. So I drove past it. As soon as I passed the church I felt like my seatbelt just decided to strangle me. It got so tight, that feeling, you know, when you hit the brakes and it locks. It was that feeling, but pulling. There was a force squeezing me in my driver's seat. I remember like this absolute struggle to breathe. And I was like, okay, you're just panicking, just breathe, you're fine. But I knew something was wrong. And I called Frank. I will not hang up this phone. I need to stay on the phone with you. I said, because something's wrong. He passed the phone to Adam. And Adam says to me, you took someone home with you from the graveyard. They've attached themselves to you. And they attached themselves when you left. I didn't actually think i heard him properly when he said it. I said what do you mean like that's a thing like this is like possession stuff like someone someone's with me when you get home before you even go in your house you need to tell whoever is with you that they are not welcome in your home they need to leave and they need to leave now there's this feeling of regret. I shouldn't have done this. I don't know what to do. I'm starting to feel even more sick. I sat in my car, took a deep breath, got out and I I felt like, I don't know if my arms were, I don't even know. I don't even know how I got my seatbelt off because like you're just scrambling in complete panic. I got out of my car and walked up to my front door and I was like mad. I said, you know what? You are not coming in my home. This is my home. Whatever you are, you need to leave. And I felt this release on my chest, and I was like, oh, it left. I went inside. I slept with my lights on. I kept my friend on the phone. I fell asleep, but we had kept our conversation still going. Around 6.30 in the morning, I hear my friend uh, Frank on the other end. He says, Leanne, Leanne, you got to wake up, Leanne. I wake up, it's still dark, I have no idea what's happening. He said, you're not going to believe this. He's like, I just left for work and drove past the church. He goes, every single window is boarded up. It's completely closed
0: up. This really shocked Leanne. As three hours before, they were looking through open windows at the church.
1: I i made him repeat that probably 20 times i said what are you talking about that's impossible like there was there's no way he goes i'm not kidding you he goes everything is completely boarded up and that church was demolished later that day well after that experience we decided i'm done i'm never dappling with anything ever again i don't i'm not interested in conversation i'm not interested in the haunted walks i am never going to look for something ever again.
0: Leanne kept her word. She stopped all haunted activities. But something kept telling her, this is not over.
1: After that night, I noticed my night terrors were getting insanely bad. They went from nightmares that woke me up for a little bit to night terrors where I had nothing but visions of death,
0: torture, and pain. She came to realize whatever attached itself to her at the church never left. It started to reveal itself in her dreams. And for the next several years, it tormented her. You start to
1: get used to not sleeping. You go into this zombie state, I call it, where you're just afraid to fall asleep at night. You wake up and you can remember every detail of these night terrors and you know something's trying to get to you, trying to kill you. It's trying to kill anybody around you just to get to you. It's a darkness that you feel and you can't escape it. You pick up different a different personality. I noticed one thing about myself was I became a very angry person. My anger was so bad. My temper was so, so bad. Uh, The littlest thing could set me off, and I don't know if it was just because I was so tired and exhausted, but it was at work, it was towards friends, it was in my relationships. It started tearing me apart, actually. The worst part about these night terrors is, for me, I would wake up, try to get your sense about you, and once you felt calm enough, you could go back to sleep, but My night terrors would literally start right away. The minute I hit my sleep, they picked up exactly where they left off. Crazy part about the reoccurrence of these dreams is I never actually saw who was trying to get to me. Whoever it was was always dark. They were in a shadow. They were in dark clothing. You were just running. I remember these dreams. I am running and I am running all the time. And everyone that's with me is dying before me and you would look back but you would never see what was trying to get to you all you knew and all you could see was darkness
0: time continued and the activity didn't subside
1: i believe it was 2012 i got my own house and about a year later i got two roommates then little things started happening Every time I started noticing um, things around the house, I was like, it must be, you know, Sarah or Justin, somebody's moving something, somebody's coming home late. Everything that would happen though, would happen around 2 a.m. My hall light would flick on every night. And I'm thinking, okay, what the hell are my roommates doing? Eventually I just shut my bedroom door and you would just see it under the door, go on, and it would go off. So I'm just thinking, okay, they're coming home from a friend's house or from a night shift, and coming upstairs, that's all I would chalk it up to. Uh, My bedroom was above the garage door, and I would hear it go up, and it would wake me up, and I would hear it go down, and I remember saying to my roommate Justin, I said, you know, giving him hell, I'm like, listen, come through the front door, I'm above the garage, I don't wanna hear this open and close.
0: After confronting Justin, Leanne came to learn that it wasn't something he ever did. He said he did it once or twice. It didn't account for all the times that she had heard it. And I heard that garage door open
1: multiple times. And when I think about it, it's kind of funny because when he did it, the garage door would open. He'd go in the garage. He'd have a smoke. He'd be in there for a while. He'd shut the garage when it wasn't Justin my garage door would open and you'd hear it go up for a couple seconds and then it would close so it wouldn't even be enough time for a person to get in your garage so that was a little interesting I, I started just as the light just ignore it if it's not causing me harm I'm not going to feed into it I would hear cupboard doors in my kitchen open and close too and I asked my roommates about that but they said it wasn't them getting food during the night or anything. Uh, So again it was
0: not causing me harm, just ignore it. But then something happened that Leanne had a hard time ignoring.
1: My roommate Justin used to be uh, the singer in a metal band and I gave him my iPod dock that had two speakers, and he would keep it in the bathroom on top of the cabinet that was above the toilet. Often I would hear him blaring his music and practicing his vocals, and I actually didn't mind this at all because I used to love to go and listen to him in his jam room when I was a teenager. Around 2.15 or 2.30 in the morning, I woke up with the biggest fright I think I've ever experienced in my life. There was this blaring, blaring music so loud that literally my skin was vibrating and I could feel every beat of the bass and my heart was just pounding. And it was the most satanic death metal music you could imagine wanted to go and strangle my roommate, thinking, what the hell are you doing playing this music this early in the morning? I yelled his name over and over, and obviously, like, he couldn't hear me. The windows were actually shaking. It was that loud. I got up, and I walked down towards the hall to the bathroom where the iPod dock was. Ripped the door open, expecting to see Justin there. No Justin. just the iPod dock blaring this demonic music. I look at the iPod dock and there's no iPod on it. I did a double take and I just stared at it. I ripped it right off of the cabinet and unplugged it and threw. I remember just throwing it into the sink. But I knew that that music felt like something was trying to communicate with me and whatever it was, was the purest form of evil. I never wanted to reach out for help because I didn't want to give this paranormal, whatever it was, evil spirit, any power over me. So I didn't want to talk to it. I didn't want to say anything. I just chose to ignore it. Again, you don't talk to people about it because people don't perceive these things well. They just think because it's never happened to them. It can't be true or you're just crazy. And the hardest part is you don't know how to make it stop. Eventually, I moved out of that house and moved into a little apartment in Grimsby. I still had a lot of night terrors, but I didn't seem to have anything so bad that it would wake me up in that state of fear. Met someone about a year later, and as we got to know one another, I began to share with him all, these, all the weird things that happened Mark came from a Christian family. When Mark would hear me talk in my sleep, he said that sometimes I could hear this panic, muffling sound in my voice, and it seemed like I would be struggling to breathe in my dreams.
0: Although she wasn't sure if it was because she started a new relationship, something had shifted, and it wasn't for the better.
1: One night... I remember Mark working late. He worked at a club, so he would be gone quite late, sometimes getting home around four or five in the morning. This one night in particular, I truly do feel like I met the person that had been torturing me for all these years. There was a woman in my dream and she was mumbling this is the first time I've had a dream where it was actually my surroundings my my actual room was in this dream so in my dream she was sitting in a chair in my room she had long hair hanging down over her face and she was in a white tattered gown She looked cold and very old. Her skin was wrinkly and she was mumbling, but she sounded so stressed and actually really sad. I felt a fear about this woman, but I felt this curiosity that I had to go and see if she was okay. So she was whispering and I could hear her and I felt this need to get up and walk over to her and listen carefully to what she was trying to say. In my dream, I walk over to the chair. So I get out of bed, I go around the bed, and I walk over to her, and her whispering became a little bit louder, like she wanted me to hear her. So I leaned my head in towards her. I got close enough to her that I could physically feel her breathing on me as she was mumbling and within a flash of a second, she grabbed onto my wrist so tight. Her head shot up, her eyes and her mouth were these large, black, empty holes. She got two inches from my face and she let out the most horrific blood-curdling scream I've ever heard. Leanne wakes from her dream. At the exact moment when she screamed, I sat up in my bed, I looked at that chair in my room, and she was there. She got up and floated right over my bed, grabbed my wrist, and continued to scream in my face. This entity was now floating above her. I felt my heart beat so fast, but I was paralyzed with fear I couldn't move finally was able to let out a scream we were screaming in each other's faces i finally got the fight in me to just shake free from her grip and i reached over to flick my side table lamp on and she was right there this woman was as real as anything i've ever seen she floated right back to the chair sat down and then just disappeared I called my boyfriend at his work. He actually got frustrated because he's like, what are you trying to say? Like, he didn't understand. I just knew you need to come home. You need to come home now. Whatever was in my dream was so real. I knew that she would be back. The worst part about those night terrors and them being reoccurring was she was now
0: in them all the time. There was a growing concern amongst Leanne's friends and family, but her boyfriend had had enough. At this point, my boyfriend went from concerned to frustrated
1: and mad. He was like, this is just ridiculous and I'm done. I'm done seeing you get tormented. I'm done having this evil haunt you. He goes, I don't know what I need to do with you, but you're coming to church. I wasn't sure how I felt about that. I had this belief like if God was real, he wouldn't do this to someone. He wouldn't let these things happen to a good person. But it became very clear that I needed help. Mark went to a church in St. Catharines. He assured me this church was gonna be different and he wanted to bring me and he just told me and encouraged me to give it a try.
0: Really at this point, what do you have to lose? To Leanne's surprise, This church was very different from any others that she had ever attended. You were allowed to have
1: tattoos. Some people had toques on, people were wearing jeans. And I just remember feeling like, I can't believe no one here is, like no one was judgmental. Every time I went, I could not stop crying. I just realized like I did need this place more than I thought, but my demons that were haunting me were mad <laughs> my night terrors got so much worse there was panic because my airway would literally start closing I was making something angry it did not want me to get help I decided that uh, this church wasn't just a place I needed to go uh, it was a place where I needed to talk to somebody if anybody could help me it was
0: going to be them it could help me figure it out Leanne's pastor's name was Mike, and he solicited help from other members of the church.
1: One of the pastors set me up with a spiritual counselor. Her name was Cookie.
0: Cookie helped guide her down the path she desperately needed to take. After
1: a couple months,
0: I became more open to receiving help because I didn't want to feel
1: tortured anymore. It was a long long road to get the relief i was seeking but it was a progress that i was starting to learn and starting to understand that you can actually defeat your demons if they woke me from my sleep which they still often were doing i would tell them to leave i would start to tell them how unwelcome they were that they had no place in my home or in my thoughts in my dreams purely weren't welcome I didn't believe in them and I didn't believe in the evil they brought with them and Leanne's nights began to improve after a few months they were starting to get better I was able to fall back asleep without my dreams continuing that on its own was a huge success for me Mike and Cookie decided to get further invested they decided they needed to come to my home and bless me in my home. They went into all the rooms that I had issues in and blessed them with prayer. They also asked me if I had anything in my home that could have evil attached to it. I never thought about that, but I'll go through stuff and get rid of things. Maybe pictures from my haunted walks. Maybe those had things attached to them. I never thought about it. The cameras that I took pictures with, never thought about it. Any books, anything that seemed dark. So anything I had, I got rid of. After this day, my night terrors continued, but I felt I was more in control and I was able to wake up confident. Instead of scared, getting mad is a big difference. I was able to wake up and be like, oh no, (laughs) get out of here. And I'd be able to go back to sleep. They felt that there was one last piece of the puzzle missing. Mike and Cookie made a suggestion to me that I never would have thought of on my own. They asked if I would get rebaptized. Again, what do I have to lose? I'm going to do it. My day came, and uh, Mike decided he was going to be the one who was going to baptize me. Right before he leaned me back to put me under the water, he said to me, everything that has tormented you for your entire life will be left in this water, and you will be coming up brand new. And when I came out of that water I cried for like five to ten minutes after it, but it was like such a relief. I just felt like finally people have been able to help me. This is just, a this is crazy. Every day since that day, i felt stronger, strong enough to share this story where before I would be terrified to. Uh, I know if I go to bed with any sort of uneasy feeling, I know what to say to make that feeling go away. The day I sent this story, that woman came back, I rolled over and it was 2.42 or something in the morning and she walked right by my door. And I remember, it's like, no, not today, not again never. And I just pretty much laughed and went back to sleep. I can happily say I have never had a night terror since. I sleep like a baby. (laughs) I enjoy my sleep. And I'm grateful, grateful for everyone that helped me. And I'm grateful that I can share this with people and hopefully help someone out there that might be struggling understand that if you change your mindset, you definitely can get through it. And actually, was a friend of mine that told me to to come and talk to you because she's like, you have to tell people this. And she's probably maybe the second person I think I've ever told this whole story to. There's so many people out there afraid to talk about this, but it's like 100% understandable. It is such a fabulous feeling knowing that now I can share this story and I have zero fear. I'm sure I'm going to sleep great. I'm actually very excited that somebody out there could possibly change their life because
0: of my experience. A very special thanks to Leanne for sharing her story. If you have a sec, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It helps those that can't sleep through the night find us. If you have a story you've been hiding, submit it to us at hello.geist.podcast at gmail.com. Both written and recorded submissions are welcome. Geist is written and directed by Danielle Matar. Original music and FX by Bo Jensen. Geist is mixed and mastered by Adam Eskerd. Logo by Jake Carruthers. Follow us on Instagram at GeistPodcast and on TikTok at GeistPodcast. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, Sleep tight.